every time someone calls, you know, you want to kind of have that I want, I have conversation or kind of get to know them and build that rapport. And I always schedule a meeting. So I try to get an initial half hour meeting with anybody new that calls in. So you can kind of, you know, I, as you grow, you have some pre-qualification questions to see if they're really in the business or not. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips, and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals. Go check it out. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D. T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P dot com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. With us today, we got Michael Delpreet. Hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's going well. Nice to have you on the show. And Michael is the owner at We Heart Houses, LLC. It's a real estate investment company that specializes in cash offers for houses so specifically, he's a wholesaler who wholesaled over 225 real estate deals in less than four years. That's a whole bunch of deals in four years. He actively participates in real estate and currently holds his own rental portfolio. So he also buys his own stuff. He's authored several ebooks and articles on real estate investing. He is based in Phoenix, Arizona, and you can say hi to him and his company at WeHeart houses.com h-e-a-r-t houses.com with that being said michael you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now yes of course um my background i started when everything in real estate was on the rock bottom 2010 2011 i was working nine to five verizon wireless i was on the customer service on the phone working my way up to middle management 50 grand a year 60 hours a week and then i bumped into people talking at the water cooler you know the water cooler talk and Everyone was talking about cheap homes and all these websites at all these rock bottom prices. And I just remember my friend flipping houses with his mother and making tons of money. And I knew I always wanted to do that. So it made me go on the internet and start surfing and looking how to get into the business. So being new and knowing nothing, you're like, there's only flippers and there's landlords. And I'm like, 
I don't have any money. I don't have $100,000. I don't have credit. I can't swing a hammer. What do I do? How do you flip a house? And landlord sounds kind of boring because it's you spend all this money and you only get 300 bucks. So I was like, I was confused and, and lost. So I found this word wholesaling by surfing on all the websites. And they said, no money, quick cash. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> so <laughs> I stuck to that word wholesaling. And then I went to a point where I found a guy on YouTube who had 100 wholesaling videos on how to wholesale. I just dove in, watched them all, and I just started doing them. So that's how I got into the business. Wow. Who's the guy on YouTube? Uh, Tyrone Taylor, I think the Junkman or Junkers 101 from Alabama. He just had raw, straight, free material. And I just, everyone else was like charging or whatever it was at the time. I knew nothing. So and I, was, I didn't even know if wholesaling was legit or real. And so I was very skeptical. So I just started doing what was on the videos. Did you ever reach out to him afterwards? Have you, have you had a conversation with Tyrone? Yes, I had a couple conversations with him uh, just when I first got started. He had like, like a mini package. It was like 100, 200 bucks just like with a contract and uh, to put on your band. You know, just kind of little tips. And I paid for that. So I got a couple conversations. And yeah, that was it. He's legit. I still see him out there pushing his stuff and kept going from there, man. 225 real estate transactions. Is that – and when I want to be specific – You've wholesaled 225 deals. Is that basically what's happened? Correct, yes. Okay, two, you've wholesaled 225 deals in four years. That means you're averaging 56 a year, which would be five wholesale deals a month yeah. over the last four years. How much do you make on average per transaction? Five to 7000 Five to $7,000. Now, that's the profit that you make, right? Correct. Okay, you make five to $7,000. Now, what about the expenses that you have to get these five deals a month done? So what, in, what expenses yeah, are what, what expenses? Yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. Um, mainly, my big thing is marketing. So you have to always be marketing. You know, you got your direct mail campaigns, bandit signs, networking, just learning, just phones, gas. There's multiple things within building your team and uh, – to getting those deals done. So, and a lot of your time. So, and effort. Okay. What is the highest expense that you have? The largest expense? It's been direct mail. How much does that cost you a month? Depending on what, on what I do, it could be a two, three thousand dollars. I think when I was doing, yeah, it was around six thousand letters. So, I was roughly just under three thousand dollars, around three thousand dollars or so, four to six thousand letters a month. Three thousand dollars a month. You're mailing out four to six thousand letters. A month. Where do you get the list from? Multiple places. You can get the list from your title company. Usually they want your business, so they'll give you free lists. There's like Melissa Data, List Source are places that I've used. And then over time, you're doing drive-bys, driving for dollars. You start to build your own list of vacant leads that you create yourself. I bought back taxes from the city. So those are the, the main ones that I used. And there's also Property Radar where I get a lot of my pre-foreclosures. You mentioned bandit signs. Are you still actively doing that? Yes, not as much. Currently, since I've been, as we talk a little later, I'm, I'm tra kind of transitioning into focusing on to, you know, my buy and holds. Mm -hmm. But yes, I still have them out there. You got to do at least 50 a week. Here in Phoenix, at least, it's very competitive. There's a lot of signs out there. So you got to do it consistently and have a lot out there to keep the phone ringing. Are there any other main marketing methods? Um, we'll get to your buy and hold stuff, but... Yeah. With wholesaling, are there any other main marketing methods that you use that have been successful? 
they've all been successful. And I believe in self-generating deals and building relationships, just having a good name in town and doing a lot of business. And when you focus on a handful of serious cash buyers that do a lot of fix and flips, a lot more than just selling them a deal happens. Whereas they get in situations where they have opportunities that they don't want or need, or they're falling behind on where they send you deals. So I would say, I think I was going over my numbers a few weeks ago, I think it was like 17 deals I did just by knowing people. So I think that's a great low cost way of having a good name and being out there is to self-generating the deals with relationships and referrals. Do you remember the last person that you did a deal with of those 17? Yeah. How did you meet that person? A long time ago, I would say four years ago, I want to say we met at a Paradise Bakery because he called off of just one of our deals that I was wholesaling at the time. So every time someone calls, you know, you want to kind of have that I want, I have conversation or kind of get to know them and build that rapport. And I always schedule a meeting. So I try to get an initial half hour meeting with anybody new that calls in. So you can kind of, you know, I, as you grow, you have some pre-qualification questions to see if they're really in the business or not. I try to sit down with everybody. I'll sit down for a couple hours at Starbucks and book a couple of meetings all in, a, all in advance, all in a row. And I'll just get to know people, talk shop, try to put a deal together. And when you're brainstorming, deals come out of nowhere sometimes just because you guys are talking about what you got going on. So yes, he called from marketing. I don't know exactly what it was because it was a while ago, set a meeting and we built from there. How do you pre-qualify them at this point? Because if you took that approach for everyone, then you'd be a Starbucks number one customer. How are you able to pre-qualify? Just, hey, hey, how long have you been around? You know, because you start to hear about people, you know, but you don't know everybody, obviously. How many deals have you done? What are you working on now? Are you getting projects going, fixing flips, buying holds? How long have you been in the business? When did you do your first deal? Kind of like questions you're asking me. And you kind of get a vibe of if things are clicking or if they're really doing. And if they're not really doing anything or they're just getting started, it doesn't mean I don't want to talk to them or anything. I just know where to go with the conversation. Where do you go with the conversation? If someone is doing something, I want to tailor in and see what are they. I'm a server so as a wholesaler. So I want to, if it's a fix and flipper, he's doing deals. Hey, what are you looking for? What zip codes? What neighborhoods? How much repairs do you put into your properties? I try to just dig into what he wants so I can deliver when I find that property and close the deal. If they're newer, I might try to educate them and be resourceful. Here, go to these local networking meetings, talk to these local investors, maybe give them some how-to tips and what I'm currently doing and what I'm currently seeing working in our market. So it's depending on who they are, where they're at, be resourceful by all means with everybody. Try to get a deal done, see what they're looking for. I'm always just trying to connect the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have people who don't have experience and you do meet with who say, oh, I'd love to learn from you? Yes, all what, the time. How do you approach <laughs> that? Same thing. I get to know them on the phone first. Or if I have a bunch of meetings going on, I'll tell them to come by. I give them the best advice I can and what I've done and what I would recommend to get started. And I give them action steps. And I say, hey, go do this. And if you can bring this to the table, you go and take this action, feel free to reach out during, I'll help you along the way, but um, bring a deal to the table, get something going, get a seller on the phone, build your buyers list. I say the more time you put into yourself and your business and you're actually doing it, the more time I'll give you from me. Because you know, 99% of the people, they jump in, they pick your brain, they're like time vampires and, and they disappear. So <laughs> I used to just give it away all the time. And then you, know, you kind of start being more selective and 
try to see some action or that they care and want to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. You make them take a step and then come back to you versus always being available to them. And now you don't use your time if they're not taking action. Exactly. Yes. You kind of see the invisible. You kind of, When you're in the business, you kind of know what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> it starts repeating. And you know, at one point I was like, wow, man, this is really, uh, I like giving and helping, but these people aren't even helping themselves. So why should I help? Ah, very true. That's, yeah. that's a great point. You're averaging four to five deals a month. And now you're transitioning more towards buy and holds. How are you doing that transition? Well, transitioning, I pretty much got a coach. <laughs> as simple as that. You know, that's kind of, I just found someone that's doing it. And what are I'm they teaching you? specifically how to raise capital mm. and generate people to fund the deals and creative ways to fund the deals so it works for everybody and how to find those deals and analyze them because you know I'm used to you know the wholesale single family now I'm going to multifamily so it's a different ball game the way you look at the property at least and do your due diligence and stuff so that's what I'm learning now and actively doing and how much did it cost you for the coach $20,000 20 and who are you working with Jermaine Massey, Cashflow Diary. Oh, cool. Yeah, Jay Massey. I didn't know that was his first name. I always call him Jay. Yeah, Jay Massey. Yes, that's what he got, I guess. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, wonderful, man. Changed my life, and I'm actually considering to keep going. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, All yeah. right. And when did you start that? Almost a year ago. So, let's say like fall of last year. And what have the results been? I'm going on my 16th unit. 16th unit. Awesome. And how many properties is that? I have a sixplex, a triplex, small office space, a single family home, and I'm working on a fourplex. Cool. Let's talk about that small office space. What are the numbers on it? The numbers on that, we bought that for about 110000 and we're getting 1600 month rents. Okay. That was a joint venture I did just through, through relationships that I've mentioned, sitting down with people, meeting them at a networking event, and kind of we put it together. What did you give and what did you get? I brought the deal to the table. So I'm good at finding distressed properties due to wholesaling, and I think that's a, a skill that you'll never lose and everyone should build. I brought the deal in distress at a discount. They brought the money in the contractors and property management on that deal, actually. Awesome. So yeah, we leverage, you know, work for him and work for me and that's all that matters. That's great. What percent ownership do you have? 25%. Cool. That's great. Yeah. What about your sixplex? What are the numbers on that? That was actually going to be one of my better projects to talk about. Oh, well, we might be redundant, but yeah, let's talk about it right now. All right. Uh, sixplex out in Mesa, Arizona, driving for dollars, being aware of your surroundings, saw boarded windows up. It was a duplex in four separate structures. It was vacant, reached out. There's ways to reach out to these owners. It was an older lady. Property's been vacant for 17 months. She wanted $200,000 for it. So set a time to go see it and uh, just got talking to her. Really nice lady. She's been in her family for 40 years and uh, she wanted $200,000. So I said, why do you want $200,000? She was like, well, I have a surgery coming up and it's $19,000. I'm like, well, it's a lot of money. Maybe there's tax problems, issues there. I don't know. You know, How much do you need? She's like, $19,000. So I was like, what if I gave you $25,000, pay for your surgery and have some money in your pocket? I'll give you $200 principal payments for however long you want to go. 
she's like, well, I would only want to do this for one year. So she agreed to it. So it was $200,000 purchase price, $25,000 down, $200 principal payments for one year, $175,000 note. Went out, found a private lender, raised 70 more thousand, used her 70 to pay the 25,000 down, uh, used, I want to say just about 35,000 in renovations. Actually, no, probably went up to 40,000 and had 5,000 for reserves. And within 45 days, we had it renovated and leased. We chose to go with 55 and over living, not assisted or anything like that. Just, uh, just the community had to be 55 and over. They paid a slight premium and were grossing $4,000 a month on that. So in my $70,000 lender, didn't even take a lien position, which I was shocked. They took a promissory note and 8.5% interest only for one year. So coming due here early next year, I'll be raising the capital and put an offering out to pay them off. What's the exit on that again? Get a debt partner mm-hmm. to come in, act as the bank, preferably one person at 250000 at a interest rate, first lien position on the property, and they can be a part of the deal. That's how I'd like to start. Okay. What would be an interest rate that would be desirable for you? And what's like the break-even point for the interest rate on that 250? We're starting at 4%. So I think it'll get you about 1200 bucks a month if you brought the, the whole 250 in. Break-even number, I'd probably have to pull up the... Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, that's thing. a tough question, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, I know. I'm, I'm trying to like, I have, answer that one. <laughs> I have the spreadsheet in my head, but I'm not that good. Yeah, I hear you. That's a creative deal. Good job on that one. With the start-to-finish time frame, how long was it? That would probably say from locking it up under contract, escrow, to leasing up just over 45 days because you had your escrow and due diligence period. So it was, it was probably you know maybe 60 days. That thing happened quick. Very quick. It wasn't gutted. It wasn't a shell. So it was just old. So we just really had to go in there and freshen up some new tile, paint, some updates. And another cool thing we did... Here in Phoenix, usually the owner always pays the water. It's kind of standard. We submetered the water too, so Smart. that was pretty cool. So, what's I'm it sorry. worth now? Just got it appraised this within the last four weeks for four hundred thousand by CBRE. So we're at sixty-one percent loan to value. I think it is. Yeah, that's great. So the that equity's there, the protections there. It's running professional property management. It, it's smoking, man. You I want to do another one. Yeah, you have you have twenty-five percent ownership in that one. No, no. If I have a joint venture partner, I have 50% ownership in that Oh, one. even better. Yeah. So 50-50 and everything's all done. So now we're. I'm looking for the next one. Still hunting for deals. You said that you were driving for dollars and it was vacant. There's a way to reach out to people who uh, have the property. How did you reach out to the lady in this case? When you're driving for dollars, grab the address. And obviously, the simple ways to go on to your county records and look up the tax mailing address. So there's the subject property and the tax mailing address. So sometimes it's the same if the landlord or the owner don't update the city, obviously, but usually if they don't live in the house anymore, they have a new mailing address for all their tax records. So that's the first and foremost, just send them a quick letter introducing yourself. You could even go to the house if you wanted to go that far. And I also use Intellius.com, which is kind of like a, I don't, I don't know if it's considered skip tracing. It's just like a people search where I think I pay 20 bucks a month. It gives you all their previous potential jobs, cell phone numbers, landlines, emails, and then also gives you potential family members. So those are the resources I used. And I just start emailing, picking up the phone, calling. A lot of bad information in there, but 
you usually end up getting through if you stay persistent. So those are the two ways that I'll use to find the owner. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice um, going into when I first started, I was on my second deal after I saw those videos and had my second property under contract and I had an ad on Craigslist and someone called me, sounded very familiar. I was like, I think I know this guy. And leading into getting a coach or mentor once again, he was already in the business. I went to high school with him. Okay. And I, so I chatted him with him on the phone. He's like, come by the office, bring all your deals. Let's chat. I've been doing this for five years. I'm like, oh, great. Cool. Let's do this. So went and met him and we clicked. I it came to learn that I know how to market and I know how to make my phone ring. So I was good at that, but I had no knowledge. And he already had the knowledge, but he couldn't get the deals to come in. So best ever listeners, jot this formula down. Traffic times conversion equals revenue. So I brought the traffic in. He converted the deal, and we made money. So by having him as a partner business coach, my first year I did 30 deals. That's my advice. Get that coach. Find someone that's where you want to be in life or where you're trying to go and just copy them. I've done that since I started from my first year in the business till today. As I mentioned with Jay Massey, I've always had a coach, and I'm always growing. Traffic times conversion equals revenue. Makes a lot of sense. Love the formula. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a wholesaler or wanting the wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. It's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out. Best ever book you've read? Good to great. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? I studied under John Asraf of the hit movie, The Secret. I hired him as a coach for six months, and he showed me how to master my craft, play at a pro level, and business is a science. You got to do the right things in the right order at the right time. Best ever deal you've done? Going back to the sixplex, that I have a similar one where it was a single family. We bought for 5000 brought the investor in. He brought in 10000 got paid five grand up front. Split it 50-50. Uh, once again, he did the renovations, and uh, I've been getting paid on that for four or five years now. Best ever way you like to give back? I love helping people, especially in the, for considered to the real estate business. Like I said, I was big on just giving out my knowledge and helping and see other people grow because that's how I started, so giving my time. What's the biggest <laughs> mistake you've made in real estate? I would like to say it's probably going on right now. I found a triplex. Once again, driving for dollars, <laughs> and I sent him a letter. He called me, and I structured a deal, no money down, $300 a month, and $85,000 purchase price. Great. Crackheads, and it was just gutted and stripped and just bad. So I was like, do I take this one on? But I chose to wholesale it. I sold it at $13,000 down at $97,000. So now the new buyer is taking over the payments, $300, and they owe eighty five. So the last four months, the seller calls and said, hey, that buyer's not paying. I'm like, all right, let me work on it. Cool. So I'm reaching out, trying to get a hold of them. And I have a triplex in that neighborhood. So I said, let me go see what they've done with the place. They're not paying for it, what potentially may be taken back. 
and I see a big dumpster, and I don't see any building. So I'm just like, <laughs> uh, you know, no building, dumpster. Maybe they're building something. They had this idea to build some beautiful place. So comes to find out we're in the process of they don't want the property. They're not planning on building anything. And I will say a mistake is they did breach the contract because we had a deed of trust, the lender contract in place, which I got from the title company. But I will say the mistake is not educating myself and knowing that that clause was in the contract, right? Because who knows when we're out there structuring deals, if you're not hiring the right people to review these contracts, if you just get it off the internet, you need to understand what's in that paperwork that you're having everyone sign, especially if you're structuring the deal. Because if my seller had a bank loan on there, there's going to be negligence there. So just know what you're putting together, know what paperwork you're using. I would say I'm lucky that that uh, the breaches in there that they destroyed the building they're not supposed to without contacting the seller first. So I got really lucky, but it's not over. I'm still trying to keep everything in place and make everything work out. I would say just not knowing what I had everyone sign. It's so easy to go so as quickly as you're going and miss things like that because you're doing a decent amount of deals on a monthly basis. Yeah. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? My website, wehearthouses.com. From there, it links to my Facebook page, YouTube page, my phone number. Everything's on there. My blog, you can read some things. So just cool. head over to the website, best bet. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, talking about these really creative ways of getting into deals. Love it. Love listening and learning about different ways that you're getting in, like the sixplex, for example where you're driving for dollars, you find the vacant property, you then grab the address, go to the county records, look up the tax mailing address, reach out to this lady, find out what her need is, structure a deal accordingly, bring in investors, get it appraised later, and now you bought it for 200 and it's appraised for 400 and you've got 50% ownership in a deal where originally you put 25K down. Love this stuff. Thank you for sharing that story as well as your other stories on wholesaling and the office property that you have. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. If you're a wholesaler or wanting to wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. It's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out.